Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Hello, I'm Daniel. The title of this talk is Training in Joy. Training in Joy. And I'm going to open by reading you a quote from the meditation teacher Christina Feldman from her book, Boundless Heart. Joy has its roots in mindfulness, which sensitizes us to the world of the moment. Mindfulness brings intimacy with all things. With mindfulness, we simply learn to make room for joy, learning to see, listen, and attend to all things with a spacious heart. So, I mean, she's really saying that if we pay attention to the world around us, if we learn how to really be mindful, there's some happiness there. There's some happiness there. Joy makes us feel alive. It's part of our innate potential. We can have joyous lives. With mindfulness, we can learn to see the roots of our joy and to have some understanding of what gets in our way. It especially, I think, helps us know when something is not going to make us happy. Do you ever chase after something and you get it and you realize it's not what you thought? That's, that's what I'm thinking of here. With mindfulness, we learn to see things more clearly, so maybe we know beforehand when we're telling a story about how everything's going to be all right after X happens. So, a lot of things get in the way of our joy. We get caught up and obsessed with fulfilling our desires. We start telling ourselves stories and convince ourselves that if just one or two circumstances in our lives were different, then, only then, could we be happy. And of course, it's totally understandable that we want to strive for getting our desires and wish for things to be different, that's of course understandable. It's just the state of mind that says, I'll have time to be happy later that gets us mixed up. I'll, be ti- I'll have time to be happy later is not a good uh, way to be in the world. It doesn't serve us. So in that book I told you about, Boundless Heart, um, the author goes on to say, Cultivating joy as a way of being in the midst of all conditions and events of our life is an invitation to radically transform our understanding of joy. It's experiencing it not as a state, but as the place where our heart rests. We learn to cultivate the gladdened heart in the midst of life with all its difficulties and challenges. It is the case that sometimes in life, especially in the modern world, we keep ourselves so busy that it seems like we don't have time for joy. We don't have time to appreciate the things that we like about our lives sometimes. We don't have time. Or we think. We think we we don't have time. Sometimes we need to slow down and appreciate the good in the world. We're often so busy chasing after the next thing that we don't appreciate anything in our lives. This doesn't serve us very well. And gosh, I think people turn to 
um, drugs and drinking and various things like that just because it makes them slow down. It makes them slow down. I don't know. I don't know that to be true. I haven't done a survey. But I could imagine someone who can never slow down. You know, we hear about these, like, really successful, wealthy people who work really hard and make a lot of efforts, and they then they slow down at night by drinking a bunch of wine. You know, we hear. That's a stereotype. We hear about that. Um, so maybe that's a thing. We turn to our indulgences because we don't know another way to slow down. We don't know another way to slow down. We're, we're busy. So, next I'm going to talk about boundless joy. Boundless joy is what is traditionally referred to as mudita. Mudita. M-U-D-I-T-A. It is an attitude of celebrating at the happiness and well-being of other people. What if we can find happiness, real happiness, from the success of another person? What if we can? And I don't mean that in some boring way, like, like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. But in a real way, where you're really actually experiencing positive feelings because of something good happening to someone else. This is sometimes called sympathetic joy. Sympathetic joy. And I'd say that at some point in our lives, we probably all have some experience of this. It's just usually really limited. For example, I was happy for my daughter when she got a new job. Her first job. I was legitimately happy. And that's not just because I was proud of her for getting a job, but also there's some real happy, positive celebration there in my heart. I took real happiness from that. And that is exactly how limited this kind of feeling is for most of us. I can be happy for my immediate family really easily, especially my children. I can be very happy when my children have successes. I can't take very much joy in the mailman getting a promotion because I don't know the mailman. But what if I could? What if I could? If I can extend my circle and take joy in the success of more and more people, then happiness is always out there for me. Always. So in, in her book, Christina Feldman says, the obstruction of our potential joy is concerned with two areas of insight. And I'm going to tell you about those areas now. The first is that we must, and I quote, awaken to the ways we abide not in freedom, but in an inner culture of lack and insufficiency. End quote. The second is we can, and I quote, begin to explore the underlying pattern, often unconscious, of perpetually positioning ourselves in relationship to other selves. End quote. So put another way, the main things that get in the way of our joy are, one, feeling that we're inadequate, and two, comparing ourselves to others. And these are, of course, connected. Of course they are. She goes on to say, the felt sense of the culture of lack is discontent that is translated into agitated action and thinking in pursuit of a contentment that can never be the lasting outcome of training. 
So when we feel like we're not good enough, we struggle. You are good enough. When we feel like other people are better than us, we struggle too. Other people are not better than you. Comparing ourselves to others or to some sort of perfect ideal are things that really get in our way. They really do. And when you're comparing yourself to a perfect ideal, that's you're never going to meet a perfect ideal, right? So we need to give ourselves a little bit of grace here. So two things are said to be the foundations of joy. And I'm sorry for hitting you with a list and then another list, but here we are. They're integrity and appreciation. Integrity has been described as the bliss of blamelessness. The bliss of blamelessness. I like to think of that Mark Twain quote. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything, right? So if we're out here telling lies, we have to remember who lie, what lie we told to what person, right? When we don't live ethical lives, we get in our own way. And it's easy to feel like we aren't good enough when we aren't making the best choices. We always know what harmful actions we're letting ourselves get away with. I believe that. We sometimes really want to tell ourselves, no, this isn't that bad. This thing I'm doing isn't that bad. We want to tell ourselves stories like that, and we know. We know what we're doing when we do that. This, what we're talking about here, is a way to live with less regrets and to have more harmony and trust in our day-to-day lives. What about appreciation, though? Appreciation is when we learn how to focus on the positive instead of getting caught up in on the one hand, the negative, or on the other hand, the imaginary, all the time. There's an old traditional Chinese saying that is relevant here. It is, write your sorrows in sand and etch your joys in stone. Write your sorrows in sand and etch your joys in stone. I like that a lot. Uh, Christina Feldman says, mindfulness teaches us to reclaim our capacity for appreciation. We learn to cultivate many moments when we pause step out of our busyness and our stories, and truly see what is before us, to listen wholeheartedly, to be touched, and to make room for joy. When we appreciate what's happening, we make room for joy to exist in our lives. We make room for it. There's no room for it. That's the problem. So as we walk this path of mindfulness and compassion, mindfulness and compassion, there is more joy to be found there for us. There is joy in putting down our emotional baggage. There is joy in learning how to see the world as it really is. There is joy in realizing that we are growing and becoming less judgmental, less impatient, and less aggressive. There is joy in all of that. We need to be excited about this path. Too often, I think, we think it's just the thing we're doing and we're not excited about it, but we should be. We are transforming our lives. I'll bring this to an end with one more quote from Christina Feldman. She says, Mudita is the empathic or appreciative joy that celebrates the happiness and good fortune of the people we meet in our lives. The heart that is freed from envy, resentment, covetousness, and discontentment begins to taste the boundless generosity that can truly rejoice in another's well-being.
end quote. Thank you, and I hope this talk has been helpful. Thank you for listening, and have a good day.